You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'll get back to some guests next week, but today it's just you and me. I asked for mailbag questions and there were a lot. I think there are at least 170 questions, so I want to get to as many as I can. Um, So we'll get to that in a second. Stick around until the end for an offer that I hope you like and take advantage of. It's something I want to do to thank you for listening. Don't forget you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about What Washington must do to take that so-called next step, something they haven't been able to do in the past after a playoff season. And now, on to your questions. The first one up, and I want to get this one because it's timely, and I think it may be be old pretty soon, but right now it's still timely, from Matt at Wash Coverage. If you had to take a guess on who Washington hires for the GM job, what would be your best guess? And this is a guess only, Matt, so... Just take this. It's not based on reporting. It's based on, I think, an educated guess, but we'll see. Martin Mayhew is the guy that I think, that if I had to guess right now, and here's why. They're not looking internally, certainly not at this point. So that removes Kyle Smith and a guy like somebody like Eric Stokes. Marty Herney's name has been bandied about as well because of his connection. He obviously worked with Rivera in Carolina. I've heard mixed things about whether he'd be interested in this role here because while he'd have the same title as a GM, it's a different setup. Rivera has the power here and makes the decisions. It was in, in Carolina, Herney made those decisions. Also, Herney was the cap guy in Carolina, but now that job belongs to his former assistant, Rob Rogers. How would he feel about that role? Now, Maybe he'd come as some sort of a senior executive. I don't know. And again, maybe he does, but this is just trying to piece it together um, and talking around um, this circle. Uh, Joe Shane in Buffalo, um, he was another name mentioned. I think he'd be a really good person to bring on board. I have not heard that they have requested permission. Earlier this week, I asked somebody um, in in Buffalo. They did not think it had been asked for, so I don't know. Um, I know there's a connection, obviously, to um, with uh, Rivera. So um, anyway, some in the league I've talked to basically said why, and this is a couple of people I've talked to, why would he leave Buffalo to come here? There's job security up there. The GM just signed a six-year deal. Um, they have a young quarterback and a growing team. He doesn't have to leap at the first opportunity. He's young. He's young enough where he can wait. And I don't know that he would, but that's part of what some people are, are speculating or guessing. Um, also, I think the Dan Snyder situation would complicate it if potentially he had to be in a spot where the league forces him to sell the team. Now, I don't think we're there at this time, um, and there's no indication that that's the case right now. But what if something comes out in the next couple months um, based on this investigation that forces that? Then it could then, you know, something like that, the possibility of that could impact the desire. Now, obviously, if you come here and that happens, well, it's too late. But it could impact the desire to go to a place where you're not sure, um, unless you're just absolutely sold that it won't happen and that this is where you want to be. And I kind of wonder the same thing with Ryan Cowan from Tennessee. 
by the way, I've heard good things about him too. I think these are good possibilities here. Um, I know he's a very hands-on, he's a scout type, but he's very hands-on with the players, has a passion for the game. Um, likes to, like for example, likes to help with players when they're on a side field with trainers during practice, throwing the ball to them, etc. Now, that doesn't really mean anything as a GM. I just think it speaks to a connection to the players. Not a lot of GMs do that. I know Scott McLuhan had a connection to the players. He had other issues that that weren't going to make it work, but the connection to the players was real. He'd be in the locker room. He'd be doing things with them. Like, like McLuhan, he is a football guy. So I think, you know, that's all good now. What, you know, and he's got, he has good experience as a history. Again, he has a wrist history with Rivera and Carolina. So that's helpful. And they have received permission to talk to him. I don't know where that stands right now as far as when he's coming in and all that. I do know that Washington is trying to keep this very, very quiet, much like they did with the head coaching hire last year with Rivera. That was a surprise until the end. Um, so, and I think, you know, so we'll see, but again, same thing with Shane, would he leave a good spot? I've heard that he really wants to, um, be a GM. So maybe he'd be more apt to jump, um, quicker than Shane would be. So we'll see. I don't know, but that leads me to Mayhew. He's considered a calm, level-headed guy, and I could see he and Rivera working well together. In San Francisco, he's been adept, from people I've talked to, he's been adept at basically seeing the big picture issues. For example, he presents scenarios for others to consider based on his experience, whether in you know, drafting guys, you know, whatever the situation may be. An example, San Francisco recently drafted a running back, Joe Williams. There was debate in the organization on him because he had quit while he was in college. And I guess retired was the word, but, you know, he walked away from your team only to return. And I was told that Mayhew viewed this as an issue and told them, based on his experience, he's not someone you want. They drafted him in the fourth round anyway because I was told that Kyle Shanahan liked him. He was cut a year later. Now, I talked to someone who worked with Mayhew in Detroit who raved about him, said he wasn't knee-jerk or reactionary, so he won't pursue a guy on a whim, for example. He can admit mistakes, which is one way to learn, but it's rarely seen in this business. He also said he's analytical, measured, smart, thorough, not afraid of disagreements, but keeps it level. But he also said that Mayhew lacked that gut feel on a guy, Um, so this is a business that often requires some of that. Not always, because you do want, you know, you you can sometimes make mistakes that way, too, but perhaps it led him to overlook a possible issue with the player, whether it was, you know, work habits or something like that. It's something Joe Gibbs and a lot of guys in that staff were great at. There's analytics, and then sometimes you need that gut feel on a guy. But, this person said, if he has someone around him who, who is really good at that, then he didn't think it'd be as big an issue. This guy really liked him. Liked working for him. Um, next one. At, let's see, Latin 000. Will Ron give Heine a legit opportunity to start? We don't need to draft a QB if we go with Heine and Allen unless someone Ron falls, loves falls to us in the draft. We especially don't need to throw picks for a QB. We can focus on our enemies. What do you think? Well, they absolutely need to find another quarterback. And I'll be honest, the only people who think Heineke warrants a shot to be the starter are diehard Washington fans. And I don't mean that as a slam, but it's an emotional reaction based on what he showed. And it was very good. We saw what we saw, you know, the, the way players responded to him and all that. Etc. And I, you know, I don't mean to diminish what he did at all. But in talking to folks around the league, not a single person has said anything other than really good story, made himself a lot of money, not a full-time starter. He is a guy I'd want in my rush because clearly, you know, he can help in spurts, and guys do respond to him. Part, and he knows the offense very well. 
But durability is a major issue here. And I think that's a big impediment for him to be considered in that role. This team can't take the so-called next step until they solidify this position. I will go back to like, you know, you get that hot new story. Gardner Minshew was that guy in Jacksonville last year. Jacksonville, you know, shortly thereafter needed a quarterback. And I think one of the things that people would always tell me is like, when teams get more film on a guy, that's when you really know how good are they. And so that was one of the things, not diminishing in his story at all. And what he did was really good and fun to watch. So, But he is a guy I'd like on my roster because he does a lot of, you know, he can certainly help you. He showed, and in 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 certainly in a pinch, if nothing else. Um, but again, this team can't take the so-called next step until they solidify this position. It also depends on who the quarterback is as far as who they pursue. If Matthew Stafford becomes available, for example, I'd be all over him. His cap hit is very favorable for a new team in the last two years of his deal. Now, you'd have to sign him beyond that, um, but if he's playing well, then you're in a really good spot. I've talked to people, again, the same person I talked to about Mayhew, who coached um, in Detroit during part of Stafford's time, and this guy loved him, considered him a tough guy, somebody that the players like. Detroit hasn't been losing because of Stafford. This person also said he'd consider the division he's played in and the quarterback slash team slash defenses there. And then you look at the NFC East. He'd be the best quarterback in the division by a decent amount, and that would give Washington a certainly a leg up. Plus, he has good years left. He's only 32. I don't know what the cost would be to get him. I know what Washington gave up for Alex Smith a couple years ago, a third and a quality defender in Kendall Fuller. Stafford would command a good bit more and the competition would be greater for him. I don't know if he's realistic. I wouldn't go throwing a lot at a guy like Matt Ryan or someone like that because I just, I don't, I, I just wouldn't. But Stafford's a guy because he's kind of in that wheelhouse, um, has years left and has affordable deals for the next couple of years. And it gives you a guy who can come in right now and make you a much better team. Nick Merriam. How likely is it we pay big money for a top receiver in free agency? I think they will definitely pursue one. But at this point, I don't know that they throw Amari Cooper money around. Again, that was in that 20 to $25 million range. They offer them more than Dallas paid them last offseason. So clearly they understand the whole. And nobody emerged as a strong option besides you know, a, you know, a strong option after Terry McLaurin. I could see guys like Juju Schuster, keep an eye on him, Curtis Samuel, because Rivera was in Carolina when they drafted him. And of course, guys, there's also guys like Allen Robinson, Chris Goodwin, Godwin. There's a, there are a lot of, there are good receivers available. I, you know, there are some good choices, so you might be able to get one this year. And maybe you can get one who's in that second, you know, maybe you don't need to spend on some of these guys, but maybe there's a second tier guy that's better than what you were getting last year in free agency beyond Amari Cooper. And that's one reason why they wanted to kind of we're throwing big money at Cooper is because there weren't a lot of options available. There are a lot of options available this year. Um, and I, I would probably go this route more than um, in the draft just because I think you're going to want to get somebody who's a proven guy um, and then hope that some of those other young guys start to develop. Hope that a guy like Stephen Sims has a better year or that Kelvin Harmon comes back and can help you. But Harmon's a depth guy. He's not going to be a starter type. And we don't know with Antonio Gandy-Golden. Certainly didn't show anything. Was hurt a lot all year. Didn't really see a lot from him in training camp, even when he was healthy, as far as like even making any sort of a wild play. Um, but next year will be a key summer for him. I'm not giving up on a guy after, uh, after a, a season like this where he was a rookie, hurt a lot, pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all right, Graham Fitz. When can Washington sign Heineke and will there be a market for him? Weird stuff happens in the quarterback market, so I wouldn't be shocked to see some stupid money somehow get thrown at him. Okay, 
I would, but here, let's go to this. Heineke is a restricted free agent, so they can keep him. My guess, they can offer him a second round tender for about $3.4 million. So that way, if another team signs him, they give up a second round pick. Hint, I don't think anybody's going to do that. Nobody's going to give up a second rounder for that. They could also make him, a, make him an original round tender, but he was an undrafted free agent, so it would be $2.24 million. There's no comp, so you, you, you risk losing him for a, for a million dollars or so. I think you can give him that second round tender, ensure that he's going to be here to compete for a spot. And again, I think he can help them. I just, not as a starter. And that's why I say, nobody's going to try and throw stupid money at a guy. I mean, you have to look at it like this from another team's perspective. He's played five quarters in two years. He was out of the league. Every team had a chance to sign him during that time, and nobody did. Now, you can look at his size and say, well, you know, other small quarterbacks are proving things. Yes, they are. Um, But they were also proving things a year or two ago when he was still out of the league. Um, And I have yet to talk to anybody in the league who says the kid should be starting. Um, But again, really good story. I think he'll, because he's restricted, because of all the situation, I would be shocked if he's not in their training camp unless they just find like some, some options where they say we don't need to bring him in because we just got quarterback X and we're, you know, or they're looking at somebody in the draft, whatever. Short of that, I do believe, strongly believe that he'll be here. Randy Martin wants to know, would you rather Lance, would you rather have Lance or Darnold? Well, Darnold for me, I think Lance will be a guy that teams will be split on. Um, Darnold will be ready to step in and start immediately. I still like him. Uh, Lance, now there's things that you, there are questions and I haven't been able to watch him. This is from afar and this is kind of based on what we saw in training camp a couple years ago when he was a rookie when the Jets practiced here. I did like him and I liked him coming out of college. I know there's some issues there. I think the, the health factor is an issue. Um, Lance will be another first round project to me. If you have a veteran and you draft Lance, okay, I, I think that's a spot where he'd be better off. Keep in mind, the guy's played one, he played one game this year, and it wasn't a good game. And so I think you have to go back a little bit and then project even more. He does have some skills. I know there's some, I've talked to some teams who aren't that, who aren't as high on him. Um, so we'll see, but I think that was so early in the eval process that I don't think I'm going to take that as gospel. I think let's see where, where teams start to think the more they dig into him. But again, I think losing that losing a season for him makes him a little bit tougher to project. Um, so I think that's why I would go with Donald. I think with Lance, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Um, Sal Vargo, Esquire. Okay. <clears throat> why is Kyle Smith not getting considered for the GM job? His drafting scouting has been pretty good. Um, and he goes, I don't blame him for Haskins. Well, you shouldn't because that wasn't his pick. That was Dan Snyder's, a thousand percent. Um, that's where the blame lies. And, and he was told, you know, by Kyle Smith not to do it. Um, anyways, he and his staff have done an excellent job. The reason there's excitement is because of the youth. That youth comes from the draft. They also had a free, strong free agent class last year. Um, but why is he not considered? Honestly, it's hard to really know. Now, I addressed, I've addressed this before, because probably about a month ago, because I knew at the time that he was an unlikely candidate. I know Rivera likes... I, I know Rivera likes guys he's been around with a while or has a comfort level with, and it could be as simple as that. And that's why I go back to Mayhew. Mayhew has a lot of experience, and I think that could be what Rivera's looking for if he figures he's only going to be here. I don't know how long Rivera will be here. Maybe he figures he'll only be here for the life of his contract. And so you want somebody that has a lot of experience while, while Kyle Smith grows in that role. And that could be as simple as that. I don't sense friction there. They worked together, by all accounts, from talking to people there, that they worked well together in the offseason in particular. Um, during the season, I think the interaction was minimal because 
there was less um, bringing guys in this year, so there was less going back and forth with the coaches in the front office as far as that goes. I know Rivera said some things about, again, someone with experience in the administrative duties, but if someone else told me, you think guys like John Schneider are performing admin duties? No, that's usually the cap guy's role. So I don't, I don't know, but I do think that the experience will factor here. I also know Kyle Smith is unafraid to speak his mind and challenge people. Not everybody really wants that. Not so much the challenging, but maybe the speaking mind. I don't know. I, that's just, I have no clue on that part. But I also don't get the sense that Rivera wants him gone. I think he just prefers a more experienced person. To date, I was told Smith has not been contacted about other GM openings. I wouldn't expect that to really happen. Um, But the key will be, as those jobs are filled, what else opens up? Because if he's passed over, there's no doubt in my mind that he'll look to leave if the opportunity is there. Then it depends on if someone, something else is available or if it's a lateral move. And then it'll be up to Washington to either grant permission to let him go or not. I know Dan Snyder likes him, doesn't want, him to, let, doesn't want to let the front office version of Sean McVay leave. Now, what, you know, um, now there, are other people, there are other smart people in the NFL. And if they, you know, I think it's hard to let good people leave your building. And I think Kyle Smith is, is good at what he does by all accounts. Um, but there are other people who are good and smart in this league that you can bring in for that role. It's just that you have someone in the building right now who can do that. And, you know, you don't want to weaken your organization either. So we'll see what happens there. Glenn, let's see, um, at Park Place 68. What impact will our quarterback situation have on getting a free agent wide receiver to come to D.C.? Good question, Glenn. And it's funny you ask because I had this conversation with a veteran agent the other day who has some wide receiver clients. He said he would steer his guys away from Washington because of the quarterback situation. It's just not settled. And what they have to choose right now did not appeal to him. Now, if there's some clarity before free agency as to that, what will happen, you know, that clearly changes things. And some guys just might want the money. And if that's the case, that might be all it takes. But I know a good agent will steer a young client to a team with good quarterback play if that's an option for them. If there are two teams that have that, one has it and one doesn't, Um, then I think they'll steer them to the one that has it. So that way they can continue to put up numbers and that allows you to play out the life of a contract and then to get another big deal. So yes, I think it it will have a factor. To what extent, I don't know because we'll see what happens. Um, House, do you think Reuben Foster will be a major contributor next season? No, and I'd say based on what? I'm not even sure yet if he'll return. He is a free agent. He did not look good at all this summer, and I do believe one reason they kept him on IR here was to keep him in a place where he could get some structure and be around his guys more than just waiting to see if he could find his game again. He hasn't played since 2018, and if they happen to resign him, I would absolutely view anything he does as a bonus and not really expect it. You know, if you have some options, he comes through, that's great. I don't know that they'll resign him or not. Um, but I do know I would, I would just consider it a bonus at this point. All right, Ben Chappelle and then also Markian Howerluck. I think that's how you pronounce your name, and I apologize for if I butchered it. They want to know the same thing. Any idea if a Ronald Darby extension is likely? Well, I know two things here. They liked what he did and considered him a good signing, and he definitely wants to, to return. I was told he liked playing here for the coaches with these players. It's also home. That helps. The question will be, of course, about money. If they want to get, if he, if his side wants to get paid like a number one corner, I think that's going to be really hard to see. I don't think that's what he is. But I know the desire is there to to make something work. Definitely, Darby's health has always been a question. 
Um, there was some who told him not to rush back in 2019 after a torn ACL, but he kind of did. But he showed this year that he can be a good corner, and he learned to be more effective in zone after playing a lot more man in Philly. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a desire there. Um, but, I, again, I talked to um, one NFC scout who said even if they do that, he, he felt like they needed to go out and still find that number one corner. Everybody wants that number one corner. Someone else told me those guys are hard to find. So if you don't get that, you can get Darby back on an affordable deal. Absolutely, you do that. All right, AZ at ARZ1041. All right, this is one I get a lot. So I wanted to answer this, and I've answered it before, but let's go. Landon Collins switched to LB. Thoughts on if you could make the switch and if you think they would consider it? Um, this would get Curl and Collins on the field together. Well, I've been against it because I'd rather find what I would consider a legitimate solution in there. Somebody who has played the position, we don't know how effective he'd be. But what I've been told is that the areas he can play are strong safety, big nickel, and linebacker. So it's not a crazy idea. I also know that he hated the idea of playing there when he was in New York because there was some thought about moving him there after the draft. He wanted to play safety. He viewed himself as a safety. So if a guy is not sold on a switch, then no, I don't think it can work. Um, for me, the ideal spot for him is strong safety or big nickel, and then you find another linebacker. I'm a huge Cam Curl fan because he always seemed to be in the right spot and he made some plays. I'd ask myself, is this team better off with Curl and Collins filling the strong safety big nickel spot and then finding another linebacker, or are they better off with Curl at strong safety? find another player to fill the big nickel. Now, Kaliki Hudson might be able to do that. And then putting Collins at linebacker. That's what they'll have to consider. Hudson is small but has speed. Whether or not it will be seriously considered as far as the move to Collins linebacker, I don't know. But is it a role that they feel he could play? Yes. I look forward to getting this question a thousand more times in the next couple of months. I think that's going to be a big offseason or an offseason topic, if nothing else. One more. Neil Mullen. Any chance that, and I'm assuming he's talking about Alex Smith, any chance Alex Smith ends up as a coach if he decides not to play? He could be very valuable helping Zampezi. All right, Neil, I highly doubt it. I'm not sure he'd want to, and I'd say this. I wouldn't want to either after the money he's made. Why would you want to do that? He's very much a family man, and coaches don't get to spend a lot of time with their family. I mean, these guys legit work, you know, 90-hour to 100-hour weeks during the season. Guys who make the money he did typically don't coach. Also, I think he'd be far better in a leadership role in a front office if he sticks with an organization. But I have no clue what he wants to do. I do anticipate him being a motivational speaker. I can see him doing, see him doing more of that, more than that, though. Um, but a quarterback coach, nah. It just doesn't fit who he is and what he would be capable of, the role he'd be capable of playing. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the mailbag. Um, there were a lot of letters this time. Um, I'm going to try and get on a regular schedule for the offseason. That can be difficult because sometimes you think you are on a schedule and then there's breaking news and it disrupts things. Sometimes in the past, I'd have a podcast ready to go and the topic would be, um, you know, would be sound tone deaf or irrelevant for the time being because of the news that would break and you'd have to save that. But there will be at least one every week and we'll get into a rhythm. Anyway, for those who lasted this long, here's my special offer. And I'm very appreciative of you listening. So I thought in the offseason I'd do an occasional Zoom session with some of you, just as kind of like a bonus thing. Nothing to print, nothing to record, just talk to you guys with your questions. So I want to start with, I would like to do one with five of you. So the first five to respond to me on Twitter will be invited into a Zoom session. All you have to do to respond is tell me who is your favorite player. 
and then we'll, we'll line it up and we'll go at it. All right, have at it, and I'll talk to you next week.